Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. I am, in fact, going to go do some packing for traveling as soon as we finish this recording, and I can assure all you listeners at home that having the right bag does make all the difference. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to a link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. This weekend at the box office, Disney cruised to number one while the Green Knight seems headed for a second place debut, and Stillwater floats to the middle of the chart. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 163rd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. And uh, maybe don't name your movie after something people aren't supposed to drink. Still water? I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps oh, fuck off. me. You know what I should have done? What? That's the band in Almost Famous. Oh my God, is it? I, right? They wrote Fever Dog? Hang on. I should Clearwater, have done a maybe. Fever Dog joke. He's scratching at your back door or whatever the line is. Uh, no, it is Stillwater. Yeah, oh God, God damn it. Oh my God. <sighs> well, anyway. Do you want to sing Fever Dog? It's a good song. No. Fever Dog. Yeah, it's a good song. Scratching at, I think it's back door. Yeah, scratching at my back door. Mm-hmm. I hear you howl, but I don't listen no more. Okay, There's well, I don't. I don't. Up. Did you? Oh, okay, I was gonna say. No, good the lyrics Lord. I know to Fever Dog are Fever Dog. Oh, I knew the scratching at my back door part. The rest of it was I don't know. Uh, anyway, boy, was that a missed opportunity, and literally then, just too late. Just but then it led to this nice little ad lib. Which is very nice. I think so. Uh, you know what else is nice, I think, is this week's top five. Mm. Uh, we are doing fruits at their peak. This is not just the fruits. Okay, are you, leaving it, are you leaving it open in case... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, uh, a, lot, a lot of these fruits are just, like, not good in their normal form. Mm. but when they're ripe when they're perfect they're out of this world so i'm not i'm not accounting for them being unripe and bad so you're leaving room for a future top five rotten fruits well well you know maybe just like uh fruits that i'll buy regularly Mm -hmm. like there are some fruits that you can buy and just count on it being good regardless Mm-hmm. There's some fruits that are like, if this isn't ripe, it's going to be like really unpleasant. I uh, so there could be a future top five, uh, like fruits in the winter. 
I don't know. Great. So, uh, so this is summer fruits? Is it fruits in peak now? No, just at, oh, at their at peak their overall. Peak. I don't okay. know when seasons are. Uh, but just overall, at their peak. Uh, number five is watermelon, which Way is an low. incredibly good fruit. Way Love too low. Fruit. Now, see, watermelon loses points because it's cumbersome. <sighs> to have an entire melon, there's a good deal of uh, there's a good deal of work to be done before you can be eating. A staple in this in this household this summer has been to pay the extra price to have just the pre-cut pre-cut watermelon. watermelon. Yeah, I think it's probably worth it. You know what I uh, what I bought this summer? So yellow sure. watermelon. Don't know what that is. It's it's just watermelon that's yellow. It's mm. basically the same. But seems it's... seems that that doesn't seem in peak. I uh, it was uh, it seems it like was, it's turned it pretty good. It was, it was strange for it to be yellow. It seemed like it should taste different, but it was basically the same and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is grapes. I think grapes okay. are uh, grapes are an unsung fruit. Did this bring to mind the grapes you had last night? Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, you know, I would not, I would this not list? say those were those were like perfectly peak, but those were particularly were, good grapes. They were, really, they were good grapes. Yeah. Which did uh, call to mind, like, a good grape is really fucking good. I can eat a ton of those. And uh, they are very convenient, which is nice. Number three, we have mango. The the downside, the downside, no, 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 hold on. The downside of a grape uh, is that if you have a bad one, they're just real upsetting. Like a soft, not crisp, crunch grape is just like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I'll eat shitty watermelon if it's like in front of me i'll just be like no, i'll just have this but if i if i feel like a squishy grape amidst my other grapes i'll th- i won't eat it i'll throw it away at the end of it i agree i agree completely yeah it's, it's a little off-putting that you have to keep avoiding it yeah you keep just squeezing little fun. grapes you're like no that's a shitty one i don't want that yeah all right uh, mango. Number, th- number three we have mango yes uh-huh. which is uh just pure pure flavor wise might might compete for my favorite, but uh, is just quite quite the hassle to work with. It's got a very a very thick skin, a very big pit, and a strange shape, and all those things deduct points. But uh, sounds like me. The fruit it's <laughs> a very thick skin. A no, big, got a big you're pit. wrong. I definitely don't have a thick skin, so that's not <laughs> correct. I but mango tastes uh, really quite good. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number two, our representative of the berry family. I don't think I've ever had, like, just mango all that often. Just, like, a slice of mango. Oh, I I love to to buy and cut up a good mango. I more so go for, like, mango-flavored things. Oh, sure, a mango smoothie or, like... Mango smoothie, mango um, seltzer. But but, uh, mango itself, I don't... I can rarely think of a time where I've just eaten it like on a fork. Well, it's quite good, but uh, a bit of a pain. Number two, we get strawberry. I knew you were going strawberry. Yeah, strawberry one's going to be. Strawberries are just uh, strawberries would be a high contender for like good grocery store fruit that are just like the ones you get from the store. They're never they're never that great, but they're still pretty good. They're they're always going to be pretty good. Uh, but like, though, same with grapes, bad ones, not even touching them. Oh, sure. 
I think they're easier to avoid personally, but uh, but yes, I agree. A weird, a weird mushy strawberry. It also annoys me that they're not entirely edible. That I have to like bite off and like save a piece of it. Sure, uh, they're good. I think better. that's a, I think that's a good a good reason. I was I was trying to think of a like one hundred percent edible fruit for the number one spot, and my number one does also have uh, have an inedible portion, but. But I still think the uh, you know just the the nice thing is that it's like a handle, the little the little mm-hmm. leaves on the strawberry. Yeah, that is nice that it's a little, it's you have a starting point. Um, yeah. What do you think my number one would be? And I don't entirely agree with this list, but you have not said my favorite fruit. I have not said your favorite fruit. I'm hoping you uh, also say it as your number one. But ow! But I don't know. I think you're gonna go with banana. But what do you think mine is? You think I'm gonna go with banana? I don't know why. It's because I'm not. I'm not... Go with... <laughs> All right, great. Banana, like I like bananas perfectly well, uh, and they have some great applications. But okay, they're... I have another guess for yours. But yeah, they so were not a contention. What do you think my number one is? You know me. I, I do. I, I don't know because I, I know this is definitely number one, like as a flavor for you. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna overthink it. And I'm just gonna say orange. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, was either, it was either that or apple, but I think the orange the is my ch- favorite flavor of th- something. Yeah, and uh, a good orange is j- it, the only issue is it ma- it's, it makes your hands smell for like days. But sure. uh, but, but they smell boy, when you get a good orange bite, it is just heaven. I I I don't disagree. I, I, an orange right to right right when you want it, nice and cold and. Yeah, it's very, very. Can we also talk about people not refrigerating their apples and just like eating like a room temperature apple? Sure, I'm get not up, as opposed to that as you are. But get out of here! I want my apple to be cold and fresh and crisp when I bite into it. I don't want like you know hotel lobby apples. I, I, I don't understand. I think your number one's pineapple. You know, I didn't even consider pineapple. Jesus uh, Christ! All right, then just tell not us. not a, not like not like banana in that there was no way it was making the list. It just didn't occur to me. Uh, I don't. Th- I think pineapple might come in at six. It's got okay. the same problem as watermelon. Then but peach. also it like it like erodes your mouth as you a eat peach. it. Peach. But I do love pineapple. The answer is peach. Yes, yeah. number one. Uh, the perfect peach is is perfect. There's it no other. Nice. Uh, Sure. There's no other way to put it. It's in, it's just it's incredibly juicy. It tastes amazing. Uh, the skin is distinct in a way that most fruit skin isn't, but like you can still eat it. And also, it's versatile. You can make a pie or a cobbler, uh, and I uh, I love them so much. Uh, however, I, this is why I differentiate it. A gro- like peaches at the grocery store, like. Mm-hmm. It's not eighty percent of the time they're just useless. They're, you can throw them at someone and kill them. Good lord! But uh, incredibly good peaches are. Uh, but let's uh, let's move into the uh, the movie portion of this podcast. Unless you just want to pivot to being fruit based full time. Um, we got a, we got a lot of mileage out of that. I might I might have hit on some. We would call it the. The pit and the pendulum. We'd call it unpeeled. Uh, we'd call it um, There's something. Something, uh, uh, something about like a pod of seeds, a seed pod. Oh, you want to go with the 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 pun again? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe. 
<laughs> oh man uh what the uh we'll call it the uh the f word that matt damon has not yet retired why because <laughs> i don't know it's in the news and fruit starts with f what you want to call it you want to call it the f word no i want i want the whole title to be oh boy I the f word that he has not you. retired <laughs> the f word matt damon still uses yeah 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 exactly okay. fruit colon right i uh, but now we'll get to matt damon uh, much later in this list we'll start though at number one with jungle cruise that opened to 34.2 million dollars number two was the opening weekend of the green knight and we're going to focus more on the number two portion and less at the fact that it opened to 6.7 million dollars uh number three was old that made 6.7 million as well that was a 59.9 percent drop that is up to 30.6 million dollars black widow came in at number four with 6.4 million dollars very tight race there for two three and four uh black widow dropped 44.7 percent that is at a total of 167 million and finally number five starring fever dog himself uh stillwater opened at number five with 5.1 million dollars all right our uh feature presentation jungle cruise opened at number one with 34 million dollars now uh boy there's a lot of uh things in the air you know uh and not just particles uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of those but just They're back a, and better than ever. There's a lot of oh boy variables. That's not variant variables um, to consider with the box office these days. It's a very interesting time. Uh, probably the most interesting aspect of the current society we're living in is the box office. I would say. Um, I, I think that I think that's pretty clear. But you know. In the middle of a pandemic, possibly a second big wave. Have we already had a second wave? Uh, I think we. I think we are amidst it. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Um, on the cusp of possibly uh, another shutdown. Um, it thirty-four million is fine. If this movie didn't cost. Two hundred million dollars. Oh my god! Including marketing and distribution, three hundred and sixty-two. That's an estimate, uh, which means that's what it would need to gross more than to make a profit. Um, uh-huh. Then this would be more solid of a hit. We could all be more a little more excited. Um, the good news is that if we take, you know, how Friday grosses, they include the Thursday preview showings that start at like seven or nine. Uh-huh. That just rolled into Friday. So if you took those out, it made 2.7 on Thursday. If you took that out of the Friday gross, this actually jumped 16% from Friday to Saturday, which indicates uh, good word of mouth and uh, family audiences. Um, so that's good. Okay. Uh, it's right in range with Rampage. Um, and also just, uh, you know, Jumanji opened to like 36 over its three-day. But, you know, obviously that was such different circumstances isn't going to do anywhere near that, yeah. but Christmas, etc. Right. Um, 
also interesting, Disney released the premier access uh, global total, which is $30 million. So couple that with the 27.6 in overseas growth. So we're looking at about 91.8 or just with the actual box office revenue, uh, like 60 worldwide. I don't know how wide this is currently. So that's not to say that this is just a complete bomb, but that 30 million is the biggest non, you know, relatively, this isn't a franchise picture yet, right? This is not banking on IP. I don't care that jungle cruise is a theme park ride. Um, it's the it's the second biggest movie based on a theme park ride, beating uh, the Haunted Mansion from two thousand and four, I think. But this is the Wait, biggest. What the second biggest? In what way? This is the second biggest opening for a theme park ride I think, adaptation. I think I think, I think you're uh, you're missing the, uh... the second biggest. Oh wait, but you said beating. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. We're not the counting ha- the sequels. Correct. Okay. All right. Fine. Correct. Go on. This is just this is the pirates one, this and then the haunted mansion. I see. Uh, we'll see if Scarlett Johansson's Tower of Terror is still going to be a thing. Now, also announced, Justin Simeon doing a haunted mansion remake or reboot did you read this no i just we live in hell go on (laughs) wait but listen to who they uh they have here hold on wait when was this uh, why wouldn't that just come up when i typed in haunted mansion is it written by the ghost of herman mankiewicz Stop going. What is that? This is all from when it was first announced in April. No, they, there we go. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield will be the stars. Okay. Uh, directed by Justin Simeon. So, apparently, Lakeith's uh, unfortunate forum hosting duties uh, are not impacting his career. Um, uh, yet. <laughs> but, you know... The the thing with this Jungle Cruise business is that this is a fine opening weekend. If the movie didn't cost a lot, like this cost more than the first Pirates did, and they like built ships. Yeah, here's and, here's what I and filmed in the. How is it possible that there's a movie? And I understand increase in you know prices go up as time goes on, but. A movie that uh, and uh, Jungle Cruise has bigger stars than Pirates did, um, sure. but they went to the Caribbean on location, filmed on real sets with real fucking ships, and this movie, which is entirely green screen, cost more. Why would you do that? Then? I don't know. Let's, I just go I to a jungle. There's part of me that doesn't like to be the like movie budget outrage guy. Uh, I I feel, I feel, I feel like my dad, when he's talking about like NBA contracts Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, well, I just don't understand why anyone would give like Russell Westbrook or something, $40 million. He's just clearly not worth that. And I have to be like, yeah, but 
someone's going to give it to him. So it might as well be you. Cause that's just what it costs to get someone on your team, blah, blah, blah. And so like, I get it that just like movies cost mu- that much money now. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it works. But at the same time, the lost city of Z cost $30 million. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that they couldn't find a way to make jungle cruise for 90 Triple the I'm budget. Not, I'm, of genu- that movie. I'm genuinely just talking 150. Like I'm fine. With, uh, yeah, that's. But like, how can you make it look shitty and have it cost more? Like that. It, just, look, it looks. It looks in, so much worse than in pirates. your brain. In my shiny. brain, that doesn't make sense. It looks worse and it costs more. Well, then something went wrong. Because if it costs more, it should look better than the thing that costs less. That's why expensive cars generally look cooler than not expensive cars. Yeah, they also drive better. That's how it works. So, anyway, um, uh, they spent all that money on it. And $200 are still, are still, still going to get the pantsuit off of them, rightly so, by Emily Blunt. So, I, uh, I do... So anyway, the, the point is, talk about this $34 million. It's the biggest sure. family opening of the pandemic, beating Space Jam last weekend. Um, so why didn't it open to more? Projections going into the weekend had it at about 25. So this is technically beating uh, expectations. Uh-huh. But what stopped it from being a big breakout movie? Is it just the pandemic? Is it the uh, Disney Premier Access? Is it that people didn't want to see Jungle Cruise? I don't think that one's the case. I do think that this would have been the first Disney actually launching a franchise since Pirates of the Caribbean, which they haven't done since 2003. Um, They've tried so many times to launch uh, uh, franchises live action, and they couldn't couldn't do it, and I think this would have been the one to do it. Especially with the decent uh, critic scores. So I, I think a big part of this, and this goes for HBO Max as well, the big part of the streaming conversation that I've seen a lot on Twitter and have really brought up on the podcast is the uh, torrent aspect of it. Is that once you put it online, even if it's for premier access money, there is immediately a theater quality torrent available to everybody. Okay. And that is, I think, putting a significant dent in these grosses. I think that especially worldwide, where torrenting is much more common. Um, but also just uh, here. I mean, I, I really think that 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 it being in HD and 4k available immediately means that like black widow was the number one torrented thing on this pirate site. I don't know what it's called. Um, like the last two weeks and stuff. And so I, I think that is part of it. It, the movie could, you know, any other time, uh, a movie opening to decent money going up on Saturday instead of down, and having like an A minus cinema score, I'm thinking, oh, this will have legs. I don't sure. know what that means anymore in today's marketplace, as we'll talk about with our two second weekend films this weekend. But um, this isn't going to make money. The trick is going to be if this can leg it a little bit and uh, uh, make enough 
where Disney thinks we're going to lose money on this one. Emily Blunt might sue us, but people liked it. Let's roll the dice with a sequel when things are healthier and hope for a breakout sequel, right? They they released this for free on Disney plus Uh, they watch those numbers. If people are seeing it and stuff, then roll the dice, make a sequel, make it cost less, get a better, just get a big name to add to the cast maybe. But, um, and then release it over Christmas, uh, in two years, three years and hope that, uh, the marketplace is healthier and you can get a big boom for it. I think that's really the best path forward here. I think that's probably right. I, I do, I do think that there's only, there's only a certain degree to which the pandemic times are hurting movies. Like Mm. it's, they are hurting them. And like black widow did like not as well as they would have hoped, but it's still open to $80 million, you know, like that didn't, I don't, I don't think there, I don't think in the normal times jungle cruise was going to do like, 60 i don't think it was i think it was just kind of doomed anyway with this number i think there's a way where i think i think emily blunt is liked enough to be a good added value to 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 the rock i do think that 60 is probably the ceiling but i think it had a chance of getting near there i do want to point out that the you know the which we've we've kind of talked about before but the well, actually, before I say that, what I think is also interesting is that we're seeing like a very almost exact uh, <laughs> pattern, and just we have we have basically we know now exactly what ad um, fervent moviegoers, how many fervent moviegoers there are, like what that looks like in box office numbers, because I really don't think that the casual moviegoer is going anymore. Uh-huh. give or take like a small percentage. So it's interesting to see these movies make this money and be like, oh, that's how many people love movies. Like we have just the data now. Yeah. To be this like... Is, we, this is your hardcore fan base. Yeah, we, we know exactly how many people really like... really um, care about the theatrical experience. <laughs> and it's not an insignificant sum of uh, people because I really think that general movie going is just completely dead right now. And I think it's going to get even worse as we continue um, into this uh, Delta variant. Um, and also just the, 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 you know, the, the Disney premier access is just, I really think that in HBO is just killing movies. You know, they say it's $30 and then, so they're getting some of that money, as we learned a few weeks ago. They don't get a hundred percent of that. Right. Uh, they do have to pay the people hosting the app, so Amazon Fire Stick, uh, Apple TV, the things that you download Disney Plus on. Um. So they are getting some money, but I really think that the majority of the people buying these Premier Access are families, especially because it's Disney. So it's Black Widow. It's Jungle Cruise, and I think that when you have a family of four and you're spent, you're they're spending thirty dollars. That's average ticket price is ten to fifteen, so you are leaving money on the table. Yeah, 
That is, I think, definitely true. I think, I think mathematically, you are definitely leaving money on the table. So we'll see. Jungle Crew seems to be liked. Um, who knows what happens next weekend? I'm very curious uh, to see if, if if we continue the uh, things just completely dropping um, pattern that we've been seeing recently. Also opening this weekend, the Green Knight. Now, when you read this, you said let's not focus on the six point. Seven four, but no, I gotta say that's that's a fucking home run for this kind of. No, thing. I, I I know I know it is. I did some uh, I did some looking at like a twenty four's numbers. What did you find? Uh, well, I found that Green Knight is already in the top twenty highest grossing a twenty four movies. I mm-hmm. uh, and that it's it could pre- it's it's con- it's conceivable that it climbs that list pretty well. Well, that's things, a good question, but I, you know, this is basically what Midsommar made in its Friday to Sunday yeah. opening. That did open on a Wednesday, but it's it's pure weekend, Friday to Sunday. This is basically what Midsommar made. Um, I do think that this is a prime example of something like Drive, where people are going in thinking it's one thing. And then I think this is even more polarizing than Drive. Um, they're coming out with something completely different. That C plus Cinema Score is not horrible. Uh, looking at uh, past A twenty four, Midsommar also a C plus. Hereditary D plus. Okay. Hereditary got a D plus. Yeah. What did people think that was? I don't know. It comes at night. A D. You know, the A24 is a habit of... That makes sense. But A24 is a habit of marketing these movies and then opening opening them wide. And it kind of working, which it did here, uh, especially taking the number two spot, that obviously might flip with old as the final numbers roll in. People uh, have old at number two, some some circles. But... um, I mean, that's pretty much exactly what – that's like the peak of what they could have expected in today's uh, marketplace. Probably what they could have expected in a non-pandemic uh, marketplace. I, I think the movie costs $30 million and it uh, – most of the budget is covered by foreign sales, them selling it to um, foreign distribution companies who will distribute it in their um, countries. And uh, – and yeah, it's not the movie people are going to think it is. Uh, we saw it last night, and while it's it's not entirely unaccessible, you know, sure. I think it, I, I although now that I say that, I am thinking trying to think of an A twenty four that's more unaccessible to the general public. And I, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check the uh, or just any movie Noah, but that's similar. But okay, well, I'm uh, what were you yeah. thinking of? Let's see. Well. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, from the same director, uh, David Lowry's A Ghost Story. Yeah, that couldn't have opened it's, wide, though. Yeah, but I'm just like, that, that, was, that, that, was one, that one's less accessible. Yeah, well, that one is like, nothing happens and, and then the movie ends. Not as now I'm not saying that is my critique of the movie. That's just, it's how it feels looking back yes. on it. But um, this one doesn't have... What about the lighthouse? That's not, I think that's less accessible. But I think at least the trailer for the lighthouse made it. Sound, oh, this is a quirky, uh, possibly horror-filled uh, 
grumpy lighthouse men movie. Maybe. Which it was. Uh, there was that weird thing in the lighthouse at the end. But um, I think that people just went into this going, oh, this dude's <laughs> Deb Patel's going to fight this tree. Yeah, he's got a big axe. He's got this big ass axe, and he's gonna fucking use it all over the place. <laughs> and you couldn't or- be without giving it getting a spoilers. You could not be more wrong. Um, no. So I do think that this is going to be a very trying theater. I really wish we could have had a big discussion at the end of our movie. And just sat with the people who saw it and just went like, so what did you think of yeah, the movie? And what did you think it was going to be? And are you okay with what happened? Um, you know, uh, so this this could drop like a crater. Uh, it's also possible the people who saw it that like this kind of movie are going to recommend it. And more people will see it. Who's to say? But um, we'll see. But this is already, uh, they did a great job opening this. Also opening this weekend, Stillwater uh, in fifth place made $5 million. I mean, there's no need to hamper on this. This kind of movie doesn't sell anymore. People don't go see movies, uh, especially during a pandemic. And um, this is this is about what I would expect this to make in 2019, 2018 anyway. I just think that there's there's nothing going for really? this movie. Yeah. I mean, if, if we were if we were looking at 2008, I could see a 12 million dollar opening. If we were looking at 2004, I could see this getting to 18 or 20 based on Damon's name. Um, or if this becomes an, or if this was going to be an Oscar player, I think that uh, that this would have been released in October with that kind of buzz behind it. But um, this is this is a it's not a good number, but this is not a surprising one either. I, I guess that's true. In second weekend. In their second weekend, old, uh, as you said, dropped just under. Well, I'm I'm sure Universal was like, no, we swear it's fifty nine point nine. It's not sixty. You don't have to put sixty. Uh, <laughs> Quick, go buy tickets. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure they're renting out a theater for their employees somewhere to make sure that that's not uh, sixty. But um, dropped about sixty percent has a 30 total. I mean, this will get to 40 and then that'll be it. It's a similar drop to uh, lady in the water. Um, it has just under 50 million worldwide. I don't think it costs a whole lot. Uh, and I think this is just a very passable thing. It, it didn't do well. Cinema score wise. It doesn't have any really buzzy elements that people after seeing it are going to go, you got to see it. Cause this happens or you get, you can't believe what's going to happen in it. So, and also I think that also is partially because it ends so flatly uh, or so flat. And so it's just kind of like, remember the tumor thing? Like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. I I just, why did they spend so much time in the lab? I I guess, I guess an exciting movie happened for a while, (laughs) but then there was a lot of talking by a bunch of nerds and I, (laughs) I, I got lost. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to hold a well, but having said that, you know, 40. All right. In the pandemic era. Sure. Sure. Snake Eyes. Noah, why don't you take a look at number seven there? Gross oh, I four see million this weekend. Dropped how much, Noah? 70.1%. 70.1%. 22 total. Um, now we're talking. Not going to get to 30. Uh, it might, but I doubt it. Uh, just... <sighs> It's not 2008. You can't do this anymore. In our spotlights. Well, let's talk about Black Widow. 
it's the lowest grossing fourth weekend for any MCU film. Couldn't any even outgross them. the Green Knight. Any of them. 44% drop, 167. It's going to pass F9 in just a few days to be the highest grossing film of the pandemic. It's not getting to 200, which is probably what her threshold was. Her threshold also could have been 400 million to get her bonus. I don't know if any of you are not aware. Uh, Scarlett is bringing legal action to Charles Johansson. To bring in legal action to Disney, basically stars get paid up front and then also put into their contract bonuses if the film um, crosses certain box office thresholds. It's a way to incentivize them to post about it on Instagram or go on every talk show, which this could, they're contractually obligated to do. But if they know they're going to make money, they're going to want the movie to be sold as much as possible. Uh, so it's a kind of a win-win Um and this movie's not going to top it. She's alleging that it's because of the Disney premiere access of it all. She's probably right. Um, I think it's I think it's about fifty percent that. She certainly got a case. I think it's fifty percent that and fifty percent the pandemic slash a Black Widow movie. But or just a not let me rephrase that a non essential MCU title. I don't want to say that it's because it's a Black Widow movie. I just right. think that if the Black Widow movie came out in two thousand and eleven, I think it would have made. A fuckload of money, um, but uh, um, and and you know because Disney is you know Warner Brothers at the beginning of the year when they decided that they're going to have for an entire year all their films premiere on HBO Max and in theaters, they paid everyone who was going to get back endpoints what they I'm pretty sure they negotiated how much they think it would make reasonably with the agents and everything. And they paid them. Uh, They spent a lot of money on this. I'm pretty sure this is correct. Um, And so they took that hit. Disney did not. And so now Emily Blunt uh, is thinking about it. And apparently Emma Stone is as well. They all had back end points that they're not going to get because uh, money was being spent on HBO on uh, Disney plus. Um, and then I also want to mention briefly Clifford, the big red dog. Oh, I actually want to mention the conjuring before I get to Clifford. Uh, it crossed, uh, uh, $2 billion at the global box office, the franchise. All right. Good. So for them. there's that big milestone box office wise. Uh, Clifford, the big red dog has been pulled from its September 17th release over concerns of the Delta variant. Um, the first film oh, is to- that why? It's the first film to do so. Obviously, there's a contingent that they did it because people thought, oh, this is bad and no one would see it. Um, I think it's a little bit of I think it's a little bit of Paramount Pictures who needs a hit. So like might as well. Uh, They now only have three movies for the rest of the year. But uh, I think it's more that this isn't the marketplace like this isn't the 2021 regardless of a pandemic isn't really the time to throw a Clifford the big red dog movie. I don't think it was, it's not the type of movie that's going to do well. It's not the kind of IP that people are clamoring for uh, adaptation of how big is it with kids anymore? All these kind of things. But uh, reading this article by, which had the exclusive by uh, uh, Eric uh, Peterson and Anthony de Alessandro uh, from deadline. It does say here that, there was good tra- early tracking with the film and uh, 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 Clifford was announced as a gala presentation at the Toronto film festival. Um, 
and uh, they expect it to do kind of well. Uh, the the trailer arrived in late June and has clocked in 130 million views in its first week online. So people watch that trailer, which is always a good thing. Um, so just 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 the beginning of what could be a long uh, run of uh, things getting pulled, possibly. Yes, so we'll we see. have uh, we have seen this this we have seen this before. Yes, uh, and that's all I got box office wise. All right. Well, I got plenty of games, so uh, let's uh, start. That means it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it, it make, make more, more or, or less than, than open, open water? water? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than open water at the box office. That's the game. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. All right. Uh, we're starting with the film, the sports film, Million Dollar Arm. Uh, more. I think that did okay for what it was in the, the time it was released. Uh, that did make more. Yeah, more, in fact, I, th- correct. I think that got into the 40s. I'm going to say that came out in 2016. Uh, a little too late. It was 2014. 14, yeah. Yes. Uh, but one point all the same. The mm-hmm. uh, victory is uh, you're on pace for a victory. Great. Uh, let's move on to yeah, your second film. Victorious. The Punisher. This is, uh, of course, the uh, Thomas Jane varietal. Mm, I'm going to say less. The Punisher also did more. Okay. 2004. Correct. Exactly right. Yeah. Of course you knew that. Even I knew that. <laughs> I know um, it didn't do well. I thought, I thought maybe it was one of those that felt like more, but I actually didn't. And so I was yeah. uh, wrong. Now the uh, the Punisher was there. It was a big enough hit to keep the Punisher as like a sort of ongoing franchise for. Well, Hitman wasn't a hit, and that kept going as a franchise for at least one. I guess. <laughs> but like we got, we got a new, we got a sequel, we got a TV show. Like the yeah. Punisher's been around. Sure. People, people are talking about the Punisher. Oh more God! People day. love putting those stickers on things that they because they like to kill. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. It's a cool sticker. I uh, don't like to kill. Them. Not anymore. <laughs> That's true. For the final film, we're moving on to a favorite of yours, The Faculty. Ooh, I love the. I'm going to say less though, but I love The Faculty. Uh, unfortunately, The Faculty uh, makes three mores this uh, week. Okay, 1999. Uh, so... Ooh, is it 98? It is 98. Damn it. Is, they're showing uh, the faculty at the. They're doing like a twenty-four hour horror thing at the music box. One of them is the faculty. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that? Uh, do you know when that is? I I didn't. Re- I couldn't tell if you could go to only certain showings. Uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, or if, or if you like had to you just, to or you had to just four hours. Yeah, if you had to just be there for twenty-four hours. I got to uh, tell you, uh, we recently spent uh, a cumulative. Six, like seven hours. Let's say seven with uh, waiting, uh, sitting in the music box. Uh, yeah, a little too much, I think. Really, by the end of a fellowship, you were like, "Let's get out of here." Well, but part the part of me, my butt was like that. Well, the seats are incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, and uh, it's it's part of the theater's charm. They're like old timey 
seats and they work fine for a movie. 24 but, hours. It's October 23rd to 24th. Oh, so it's like a Halloween thing. Yeah, 24 hours of movie madness. Arachnophobia, The Faculty Straight Jacket, which is a 1964 film by William Castle, and uh, Tenebrae from Dario Argentio, Argento, which is from 1982. Now, this is more titles and information to be announced. I guess that makes sense. Those three movies would not equal 24 hours. No, six uh, hours that, <laughs> I think all those were like an hour and a half. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm sorry to say, as a movie that came out in 1998, you have suffered your first defeat. Yeah, yeah, I rushed it. it. I rushed it. You didn't make year. more or less than open water. You did. Uh, but what was uh, my congratulations streak? to me. I'm sorry? What was my, how long was my streak? Uh, let's see. My new streak starts next week. You had previously won nine straight. Wow. Which is pretty good. It's three, uh, three and a half months. Though, of course, you have uh, never gotten the elusive six points. Maybe next week. Maybe you start the new streak with a perfect game. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, um, I, think, I think so. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, until then, uh, come and gone from a theater near. Until you, then, Brian. if you feel safe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's go back in, go time. back in time. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to 2011 mm-hmm. this week, uh, August 5th to the 7th. There are two movies here. Uh, one of them is significantly bigger than the other, so we're going to start there. 2011. Is it like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Okay, it was too early for that. Hmm. What other movies came out in the summer of 2011? Thor. Thor. No, it is not Thor. No, I know, but Thor came out that summer. Oh, I see. Okay. Did it not? Is Thor on your little list down toward like the bottom uh, 15 or so? Uh, is Captain America the well, first? Is Captain America the first Avenger somewhere on your list? This is uh, this is Thor's fourteenth week at the box office, and Captain so America number thirty nine that week, and Captain America's uh, eighth week, Captain America's third, yes, third week, yeah. All right, so it's it's that summer. Uh, what else came out? Is is Cowboys and Aliens on that list? Uh, that had come out the week before. Uh huh. See, I'm piecing, I'm piecing the yeah, summer you're, together. You're getting together. You're feeling around. Bridesmaids. What came out that May? Yeah, yeah. That was in its 13th week and was in the 15th spot. Was it the mummy? It wasn't the. Was it the mummy? No, it was not the tomb mummy. of the dragon emperor. You know, we always make fun of you know titles with colons and shit and how stupid they mostly sound and generic. I think for the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor is pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have no objections to that title. Yeah, most of those I have objections to, you know. It's like the, I don't know, I can't even think of an example. But, Transformers uh, Dark of the Moon, for instance. That one I'm not even mad at. I think it's 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 an interesting, <laughs> it, it puts you in mind of an interesting place. The Dark of the Moon. I feel like it's just... It's, I know it sounds like Dark Side of the Moon, but it's, it is... Like Transformers uh, Age of Extinction or um, God, what's another franchise that does this? Uh, 
I don't know. I don't have another one, another good one on this list here, but I know what you mean. The Battle of the Five Armies. It's like, what? Yeah, it's that's, too not a, that's not a bad title if it's accurate, I think. <laughs> or if the battle's good. Um, yeah. Anywho. Well, I think The Hobbit was going to come out uh, that winter. Uh, I don't know. Give me a clue. All right. Uh, so you're looking for a franchise starter here. Uh, bitch. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Exactly right. Yeah, that did come I was out. Say, a franchise that has uh, come and gone. From a theater near you. Um, for, uh, I'll keep it a little even here. 40. I Far too low. Rise of the Planet of the Apes opened to 54.8. Oh, I see. I thought you were going low for some reason. Okay. Um, great, 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 great. There's another one? There is another one. It opened at number four. A Wait, comedy. Okay. Did we uh, see it? I did not. I I would guess that you have, but probably not in theaters. All right, keep uh, keep going. Okay, uh, let's see. That's right. Wikipedia does not give the ratings. Let's see. Uh, you don't know what it was rated. No, oh, that's interesting. Uh, we're looking at an R rating for this uh-huh. movie. Sex drive. Uh, Sort of a, uh, a, ma- a magical premise. Oh, the, the change-up. Yes. Wow. Magical premise really did a lot of work there. <laughs> well, how many of those are there that are R? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, bomb. Did not do well. Saw it. Bad movie. Did you see it in theaters? No. Okay. Probably because you didn't want to. I'm not going to go see that by myself. It's not worth it. Sure. But that, um, that does seem like the kind of movie that you would then watch when it's available on like HBO or whatever. Yeah, or the uh, uh, the other website we used to use. Um, sure, I did watch it. Yeah, because I want to see how bad it was and uh, and stuff was bad. Um, good cast though. You know, Bateman, Leslie Mann, Reynolds, uh, Olivia Wilde. Sure. They pee in a fountain. They, they switch lives. That opened, that bombed. That I'm going to say that opened to 11. Uh, much closer, 13 and a half. Yeah, I'm also checking your work on the rise of the Planet of the Apes. I'm just all right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know why I had this 40 in my head. Um, all right. Great. Uh no, we don't have an early reaction this week. Did you you had one for uh for Jungle uh Cruise? All right, let's think, see. Uh, back in the day, that sounds like something I would have done. Uh, in fact, I listed it as come on, forty million dollars. Uh, when when was this listed? When uh, October fourteenth of of twenty nineteen. It must have been. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you were thinking pre-pandemic times, uh huh. And during pandemic, opened not too far off. So I'm oh. not gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna count that as a win. Okay. I'm gonna put. The, I'm I, gonna. But I, I'm, yeah. Go ahead. I feel good about that. I'm gonna. I'll tell you what I'll do then. I will give this the gray, meaning pandemic uh, affected, basically. Okay. You know, you you were thinking it wasn't going to open huge. 
regular and it opened okay for a pandemic is not really good uh you know oh you also did black widow in here i'm gonna give you a big red for this okay yeah well that's fine that was pre-pandemic and you wonder shot up by 20 yeah that gets red. No, I recommend a movie for the folks uh, for this week slash weekend. All right. Uh, my recommendation is uh, Full Throated for the Green Knight. It is. Yes. Uh, shocking, I know. I'm nothing if not predictable. <laughs> uh, but the Green Knight was incredibly cool. I uh, love to see like a sort of A24 style take on not like a not like a classic tale, I am not super familiar with uh, Gawain or Garwin, as they called him, and uh, the Green Knight. But, you know, just the sort of Arthurian myth in general, I think it would would be very interesting. You know, they keep trying to make these like King Arthur and like fucking uh, Robin Hood and Peter Pan movies and shit. Yeah. They're all kind of dumb and bad. But I I think that might be an interesting lane for A24 to take up. It's like they do they do all these things with like ah this is this is like a Nordic folktale or whatever, but how much how about some folktales uh, of our youth? You know what about what about an A twenty four style folk, folk Robin Hood? Oh, I see. Or like uh, you know even like classic American like Paul Bunyan or something. <laughs> just it would be like the giants in the Green Knight would just be slowly walking. <laughs> I just, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uninterested in that. Know. They those they didn't look great. Those things. no, that's true. The the giants were. <laughs> the movie looks gorgeous, and like the money's on the screen, and like the fox, you're like, well, this fox is animated, and I can tell, but like it's fine for a twenty four. Those giant people did not look great. The giants were a stretch, but uh, the Green Knight was awesome. The Green Knight. Oh, you meant the movie, yeah. Yes. Uh, also, the Green Knight. Well, uh, I was going to say the Giants didn't work, but that makeup shit on him. Yes, looked terrific. Incredibly cool. I uh, was my, uh, in fact, my first, uh, my first five star letterbox rating of the year. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Which, I still, I still don't have a four star this year. You still don't have a four? No, I'm waiting on. Oh, I guess I no, I guess that makes sense. There's only one other that's cracked so, four for me. Yeah, summer uh, of summer of souls, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I think Luca and Mitchell and the Machines are both three and a half, and uh, the Green Knight. I always three, uh, three and a half. I always, I always, I always hem and haw about the five star thing. I, because like I, I try to, I try to avoid like the uh, the sort of immediate post movie bonus mm-hmm. that it gets for just being something that I really enjoyed. I. Cause I think about I think about the movies that are like truly the top of the scale. You know, your your Ladies Bird, your uh, No Countries for Old Men. Are you uh, making everything plural. because I, I, I don't know the Greens Knight. Yeah, and like, is the Green Knight on that tier of movie? No, it's not. No, but so, but like, does everything have to be to be five stars? No, I can never that's, decide. You no, know, no, that's an I can no, never absolutely not, absolutely not. You know, I, I, I take uh, Luca for example. I give that three uh-huh. and a half. Is it the best Pixar movie ever made? No, by no standards is it. Is it a wonderful children's animated film? Yes, and on those merits, it gets three and a half. You, you grade the movie. Based on the movie, whether you want to skew it to 
how it does in its particular genre compared to others, how good of a movie it is. I mean, whatever you feel, but it doesn't, not everything has to be compared to other things of its ilk. It's how good this movie is. Yeah. You know what I mean? How good Luca is. Not how good Luca is, but this other one is better. It's just how good this movie is. So, um, I'll also recommend the, the Green Knight. I wasn't so high. It's sitting better with me. It, it helped that I had, uh, a not you know an amateur authorian expert in joe with us to explain the mirror world uh, and such but um i do want to caution that it is slow there is no fighting in it and um just be ready i guess you know i just don't want people to go in thinking it's one thing and then be like what is this for two hours sure do it Huh. Do a little, do a little bit, of, do a little bit of research into what yeah. you're seeing. I think that's right. Why don't you find out who David Lowry is, for yeah. example? No, the old man and the gun was pretty straightforward. That's true. So was Pete's Dragon, but uh, yeah. this is more like Ghost Story than those. Um, I do want to say that uh, visually, it's it's absolutely stunning. The sound work is terrific. Like that tree moving is just that sound effect is just gorgeous. Um. And it is unlike a fa- any fantasy film that you've seen. So I su- I'd suggest seeing it on a big screen while you can. I agree. All right, Noah, plug us up. All right, you can find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WithBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I am at Brian DeSerber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And, of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. I uh, just got out of a meeting with the Apple podcast people and uh, they also highly recommend that you subscribe to our feed mm. and you, you wouldn't want to upset them. They're very powerful. They're the podcast people at Apple are very powerful. Next week we have the last biggie of the summer. The suicide squad was once too much. Or are audiences uh, willing to give a very similarly titled film another chance? Um, Or are we just headed for a downturn at the box office? Who's to say? Also, Jungle Cruise. Audiences like it. Critics think it's fine. Uh, Made money, uh, more money on Saturday than on Friday. Word of mouth is good. But will it suffer the pandemic drop? We'll find out next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. Until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.